You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate Majuk, and you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Of course, as always, I am joined by Marcus Mosier. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Don't miss a show. Uh, whether it is us under center or we've got Ryan McDowell and Matt Williamson on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. No matter what, we are here to help you build the ultimate dynasty fantasy football roster. We got a we got a slow start to our Monday, Marcus. We had some extenuating circumstances that postponed our recording a little bit, but that kind of worked yeah. out because there was some big news that broke as we were waiting to record. Talk talk to us a little bit about that. Julio's out. He sounds like he's out of Atlanta. Uh, he he went on undisputed with uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, and I'm not sure if he knew he was recording, being recorded or not. But yeah, it sounds like Julio's out of Atlanta, and I think it sounds like it's more of his doing rather than the Falcons, uh, according to Adam Schefter. Julio actually asked for a trade months ago, and that's why we've been hearing that the Falcons are maybe looked, looking to trade him. Um, and that's it's fascinating, and it sounds like, Kate, the first time the Falcons can trade Julio is after the June 1 deadline. But where does he go? Who, who does he end up landing to? How does that impact Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan? We're going to break it all down on the show today. Absolutely. I do think this makes so much more sense because we haven't really heard that Julio's been the one that wants out. We've just heard that one side of the argument that uh, we are, you know, we're Julio Jones might be on the move. We haven't really heard the the entire story there. But Julio Jones wanting out makes much more sense. Yeah. If yeah. if you're the Atlanta Falcons, I don't think it makes fiscal sense for you to do so. Uh, it makes a little bit more sense after that June 1st deadline. But, I mean, Julio Jones, he's been the center point of the offense since 2011. He was your first-round pick. He's been, he's been the guy there for... I mean, as long as uh, probably most Atlanta Falcons fans listening to this podcast remember, um, Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to shake some things up. So first, I want to talk about your favorite fit for Julio Jones. He says he wants to win now. Yeah. Where I mean, I mean, there's only a a certain, uh, you know, percentage of teams that he can win now with. What do you think is the most likely? And if you're Julio Jones, which offense do you want to go to where you are going to be a dominant force leading into this season and bring a team to a championship? All right, so let, let's dive into this. First and foremost, the, the most ideal fit for Julio Jones is the Atlanta Falcons. Like, I wish they could just figure this out because he's just – he. I will always remember him as an Atlanta Falcon. It's an offense that he knows or a team that he knows. Uh, it's a quarterback that he knows. He's really never played with anybody besides Matt Ryan. So that's the, the number one fit. However, there are two other teams I think make a lot of sense, one from each conference. I think the first one, Kate, and I'll please comment on this one – it has to be the San Francisco 49ers, right? 
uh, Kyle Shanahan coached Tulio from 2015 to 2016. In their last 30 regular season games together, uh, Julio racked up just under 3,300 yards from scrimmage and 14 touchdowns. Uh, the 49ers are a Super Bowl contender. Um, you you add them to that offense with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and now Trey Lance. Uh, that's a really, really fun team. Uh, what do you think about him landing with the 49ers? Love the fit. I think that would be super fun, but... I will say I can't figure out a world in which they would have the draft capital to do that. You know, Atlanta's going mm-hmm. to take mm-hmm. a hit if they trade Julio Jones after that June 1st penalty. It, they save some cap room for the 2021 season, but correct me if I'm wrong, I, I do believe he's going to carry around $15 million in the 2022 season, even if he is yep. traded after June 1st. So that's still a pretty big hit for a, a guy that – could help you win now on your roster I would think they'd have to be uh you know compensated for that with draft picks the 49ers don't have any they traded away the entire farm for Trey Lance so while I love the fit and I think he instantly becomes the alpha wide receiver one and becomes a really great and talented uh target for you know Trey Lance to develop with I just don't see a world in which they have the right amount of compensation right so so you you're correct there's probably not a draft pick way that the 49ers could do that however i think they could get creative here kate like for instance if the 49ers acquire julio you probably have one too many mouths to feed in that passing game would would the falcons be open to taking back like debo samuel who has a really low cap hit and maybe adding a running back like let's say Raheem Mostart, like would, would that be enough for Atlanta rather mm. than getting a second round pick? Because in this way, if you get, let's say that you do get Samuel, right? You get to keep a really fun passing offense with Ridley, Pitts, Samuel. It's cheap. And you continue to, to be able to potentially win now with that passing game under Matt Ryan. I don't hate that. I I wonder if maybe they'd want to have some interest in Brandon Ayuk. He is yeah. a 29, uh, 2020 first round pick. So you'd be getting that first round draft capital back and you still have a young enough stud that you don't know. You know, I I think after Debo Samuel's down year, it's a little harder to boost up his his hype a little bit. But Brandon Ayuk, he had such a fantastic rookie season and that hype is still high. So I wonder if he would maybe be the bait there. But I do like that. I, I kind of have a feeling the 49ers probably wouldn't move Ayuk. I feel like this is, I mean, we can talk about this from Dynasty. I just feel like Ayuk has a far higher ceiling than what than what Debo Samuel has. All right. Now, give me your, your candidate for the AFC. Because you, you said you had one yeah, from yeah. each conference, correct? Yeah. So... <laughs> You need to look at teams that have cap space, and there's two that jump out right away, and I think the Indianapolis Colts make sense. I don't know if they would do that, but the one that I would love to see, Kate, how about the Los Angeles Chargers? Let's go. They already, they're already set wow. a receiver, but they're one of the few contenders that does have cap space. They already have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They really didn't do a ton at tight end. Uh, they brought in Jared Cook. So if you you bring in Julio with that offense to help Justin Herbert, whew, that's a that's a lot of fun. And all of a sudden, that's a that's a legitimate arms race in the AFC West between the Chiefs, uh, the Broncos, the Raiders, and of course the Chargers. I think that is a really fun option. I would love to see that. My Justin Herbert shares would love to see that. 
But sure. you you said it right ahead. I think the the Indianapolis Colts could be a really interesting option there. Went eleven and five last season without just a true alpha wide receiver one. I'm not going to call T. Y. Hilton the alpha wide receiver one. We've talked about, I believe it was last week, the effect that we might see in that offense of just having Carson Wentz there. You know, he is. I would say an upgrade on Philip Rivers, even if there are questions about, you know, his overall abilities, he's reuniting with a former coach, but they really just didn't have any, any guy that was the guy you had T Y Hilton lead the team fewer than a hundred targets, just 93 on the season, 762 receiving yards. And nobody on that roster had more than five receiving touchdowns. There was so much room for a, a guy like Julio Jones to come in. And you know what? He's one of those guys that does make a quarterback better. And I would easily argue that this would be the best talent that we've ever seen Carson Wentz with. And if <laughs> like if we're seriously considering this, like any anybody who maybe wants to send out some feelers on Carson Wentz today, before we get some breaking news that there is a trade. <laughs> I so, I would love that because I think Julio would really, really raise his ceiling quite a bit. What's tr- tricky about the Colts situation is they don't really have like a young asset to trade like the 49ers do. And the Colts, <laughs> they're already in a tricky situation with the Carson Wentz pick from next year, right? Because if they make the playoffs, it's a first-round pick. If they don't make the playoffs, it's a second-round pick. So can they even technically deal a second round pick for Julio Jones? I don't think so. So now you're talking about, you know, 2023 picks and maybe Atlanta doesn't want to wait that long. I agree. The fit would be phenomenal. I'm just not sure how they pull that off. Let's talk about one more team here that is sort of flying under the radar. I think we've been, you know, churning the rumor mill ourselves here on the Twitter sphere, Tennessee Titans. They have a lot of vacated targets. They have a lot of opportunity for a roster that just paid their running back lots of money. You have a, a dominant wide receiver one in A.J. Brown. You line Julio Jones up on the outside. I think this could be a freaking fantastic fit. I think we'd all probably be disappointed as A.J. Brown managers, but what do you think about that potential fit? Just given the the situational opportunity, they've they've been in the playoff hunt here for a couple of a couple of seasons. Do you think Julio could be the guy that pushes them over the edge there? If they had Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator, I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't know what the Titans' offense is going to look like this year without Arthur Smith. Will they be as play action heavy as they were last year? I don't know. I. I don't hate it because I think I think AJ Brown and Julio would work very well together. I just think there's other situations and other spots out there that I like would like better if I'm a Julio Jones owner. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we will break down the value of all of these other assets within the offense there in Atlanta. What does it mean for all of these other pieces involved if Julio really does depart? We will cover that when we get back. Wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. 
but NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We are here talking about Julio Jones, the potential for a trade. He could be on the move, and we don't we don't necessarily know where. We know he's obviously an asset that deserves plenty of, of draft capital, but if he does depart, you know, regardless of where he goes, what does it mean for the pieces left behind? Now, Calvin Ridley, he's been a really really talented wide receiver just been a a really good and like excellent focal point in the offense there finished the 2020 season with 1374 yards nine touchdowns and he does kind of profile as that alpha wide receiver he's played to it now what does this mean is it calvin ridley to the moon if julio jones is no longer there Calvin Ridley to the moon. Kate, in the last seven games of the season, none of which Julio Jones played, he had 717 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and he even did so kind of banged up. He had a four-game stretch where he had 108 yards, 124 yards and a touchdown, 163 yards and a touchdown, and 130 yards. I, I think, I mean, if, if Julio isn't there in Atlanta, and it sounds very likely – the list of receivers that you would take over him isn't very high. Now, I know some people are going to say he turns 27 in December and he's a little bit older than A.J. Brown and CeeDee Lamb and all those guys, but the, the, the targets that he's going to get, the connection that he has with Matt Ryan is just insane. Yeah, I, at Calvin Ridley to the moon. That's basically all that we can say. All right, so right now on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, Dynasty League we have Calvin Ridley being drafted as the wide receiver one. He's six hmm. foot, 189 pounds, but he has been a true wide receiver one for fantasy football teams. We know he has touchdown upside. He has the potential for yardage. He has the connection. Now let's go over some of the lists of the players in front of him. He's actually being drafted behind Jamar Chase, who is being drafted as the wide receiver eight. Who would you prefer, a Julio list Calvin Ridley or Jamar Chase? Um. I would probably say Jamar Chase, but man, that's one that one is close for me. For me, I'm taking Calvin Ridley. I'll take the the proven ass. Excuse me, the proven asset that I know can help me win right now. Jamar Chase. You know, obviously, we love the talent there. One of the best wide receiver prospects we've seen in a while. And Calvin Ridley. I just think that. I mean, he could put you in a position uh, to win a championship right now just with the available target share. How about Stephon Diggs? Diggs, pretty easily. Okay. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek. CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee. I I think CeeDee's my number one receiver right now, or maybe number two. I think, sorry, it's A.J. Brown is my number one. CeeDee Lamb is my number two. I'm sorry. All right. Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. D.K. Metcalf. Hmm. Metcalf slightly. All right. So you do have him as your wide receiver nine. It's crazy. That that seems right, though. That that feels right. It feels right. But you know that he can return value ahead of the wide receiver nine, which I think is such a beautiful 
beautiful mm. spot to draft him in because you can probably get him in the second round of a dynasty startup. But if you want one of these assets ahead, you can draft them and you could get top five value for both. And I think that's something that's really beautiful. How about who, who, some of the well, other really assets? Quickly, yeah. Who was who going right behind Calvin Ridley in, in, in startup leagues? DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver 10, followed by DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, and Michael Thomas. See, the only one there that gives me a little bit of pause is DJ Moore, just because he is so young. Same draft. Uh, he's, he's quite a bit younger. He's on an offense that should be better this year with better quarterback play. Um, but, yeah, that feels about right, Kate. I, I would say 9-10 feels right because I'm certainly taking him over Hopkins and Michael Thomas. All right. What are you doing with Mike Davis right now? So your trade scenario that you had brought up with the 49ers – you had them getting back a running back in exchange for uh, mm-hmm. in this deal for Julio Jones, which I think that does make a lot of sense for them to look for a running back in return because you know what they, I don't think you can rely on Mike Davis. Are you looking to to sell Mike Davis if you are the manager of Mike Davis in your leagues, just knowing that I don't know maybe they maybe they do seek a running back in this potential trade scenario. I don't think your opinion on Mike Davis should change at all, whether Julio is traded or not, because the reason why we like Mike Davis is there's really nobody else to challenge for touches there in Atlanta, right? And if Julio leaves, Kate, you would have to figure that the plan is to give him, you know, a bigger workload and maybe use more two tight end sets and maybe not pass the ball as much. So, Again, I, if you liked Mike Davis before, the Julio trade shouldn't affect it. If you didn't like Mike Davis, uh, I don't think you're going to change your mind just because you know that Julio's gone. So I just think he's a he's a fine RB two. That's probably a one or two year solution. All right. Last but not least, I want to talk quickly about Hayden Hurst before we take a quick break because we're going to devote our whole third <laughs> segment here to Kyle Pitts and just the hype. I, I want to talk about all of it. But Hayden Hurst, he was a decent, decent option uh, mm-hmm. in the Atlanta offense last season. Finished third on the team in receiving targets, twenty-eight. Or, sorry, 88 targets. Didn't do as much as you would like with them. 571 yards, six touchdowns. It was fine. It was absolutely fine. Uh, averaged nearly three, uh, 3.5 receptions per game. Again, fine. Do we think that Julio Jones would offer uh, offer up enough opportunity for Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts to both have some sort of position as, you know, potential receivers within the offense? Not long term, but in 2021, potentially, right? And I, I think Hurst wasn't fantastic last year. It wasn't like he was somebody that won your league for you. But if you played in two tight end leagues or tight end premium leagues, he was fine. He was startable a lot of weeks. There were certain certain matchups where he was better than not. I could certainly see a situation, Kate, where he catches, you know, 50 passes for 500 yards and he's right around that five, six touchdown range again. Is that somebody that you get really excited about? No. But if you have if you have Hayden Hurst in dynasty leagues and you're just devastated with this Kyle Pitts news, maybe it makes him playable a few times a year. So I do think it's possible as we maybe see the Titans use more twelve personnel, two tight end sets under Arthur Smith. Yeah, we did see you know the the potential there. Like you said, he didn't really win you any weeks, but he did have six performances with fifty or more receiving yards. 
scored six touchdowns on the season, and all of those were spread uh, over six games. So you had probably like six good weeks out of him, which, uh, you know, not not bad, I think, considering the inconsistency in the target share. You probably would have liked to see a little bit more involvement given the potential opportunity there with the absence of Julio Jones. But still, I think he could be a really cheap asset in two tight end leagues, like you said, or tight end premium, uh, especially now that they have Kyle Pitts. But let's take a quick break before we get into the touch. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> let's take start over from yeah, start over from let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break, and I want to get back into the Kyle Pitts, the unicorn. I want to talk about what he means for Dynasty, Fantasy Football Leagues, and more. Are you ready to try the best-tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code Locked On. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are talking about Julio Jones, the Atlanta Falcons, all of that and more. What does this Julio Jones trade or potential trade mean for all of these other assets? Now it's time to talk about Kyle Pitts. Uh, first, I, I do want to say that our original agenda was obviously not to talk about Julio Jones and no, this entire no. situation, but we we pivot, we we rock and roll when we need to rock and roll. But our original topic was going to be overrated dynasty assets. And on my on my little pick sheet here was I wanted to talk about Kyle Pitts and is he becoming I'm just I'm saying I it's 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 getting <laughs> crazy. It is getting absolutely crazy out there. The hype because you know what they say that, you know, you can say a guy's untradeable, there's just no there's no way that you can get XYZ player. But maybe we do need to start looking at Kyle Pitts as that XYZ player that we need to put on the trading block because I don't know when you're going to get more value out of Kyle Pitts. It's incredible. I want to go over some recent dynasty trades. All right. Oh, boy. <laughs> Are you ready? Do you have your seatbelt all buckled up? Yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready. Kyle Pitts, two 2022 first round picks and a 2022 second that's cheap i would do that all day for kyle pitts all right kyle pitts for noah fant a 2022 first a 2023 first and a 2022 third and noah fant give me kyle pitts 
Wow. I mean, seriously, because I I don't know what Noah fan is, and those picks could end up being, you know, if I'm if I'm trading away Kyle Pitts, they very easily could be at the end of the first round in each of the drafts. So no, thank you. Kyle Pitts in a 2022 third for Corey Davis, T.J. Hawkinson, and a 2022 first. Yeah, it's, it's Kyle Pitts for me. It's not even that close. See, this is the point where I think, you know what, if I can get T.J. Hawkinson and a first-round pick, obviously you don't necessarily know. It's a 2022, so you don't know where he's going, that pick's going to fall necessarily. But yeah, yeah. if I'm in the position where I can get somebody who's young, T.J. Hawkinson is still not uh, – tight end that I think we've seen hit his prime. I think he's no, absolutely set for a target share that we should be very happy with for fantasy football. Is this the point where we look and we're like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe I do, you know, for the sake of my roster, maybe trading him is the smarter decision. Is there any point where you can get to where you're like, that's too much for Kyle Pitts or is it all in for you? For me, I would have to get... <laughs> Man, this is going to sound bad. I have to get either George Kittle or Travis Kelsey and something else. It's just where I'm at. And I know a lot of times I'm seeing people rank Kelsey and maybe even Waller and Kittle ahead of Pitts and Dynasty. I, I, I'm i not. I, I think Kyle Pitts is the number one tight end right now in wow. Dynasty. because Yeah, I, I think he is. So I want, if I'm trading away Pitts, I need somebody like that and I need something else. Now, how did you feel about I, I've already said the name TJ Hawkinson. How did you feel about TJ Hawkinson coming out as a prospect, ran a four seven forty, plenty of, of explosion. He was a very highly touted prospect coming out of school, did mm-hmm. very well at Iowa. Six five, two hundred and fifty pounds, he's got the size, he's he's the ideal guy. His best comp on player profile is Travis Kelsey. Now were you as bullish about TJ Hawkinson or do you think the the Pitts hype isn't even comparable at this point? Yeah, that's a really good question, Kate. And I think if you compare them as players, they're I think or excuse me, I think if you compare them as prospects, they're very similar because TJ Hawkinson, one of the appeals from him was coming out of Iowa. He's this fantastic blocker that you can have in line. Uh, you can use him out in space. He's a good receiver, and th- he's going to step in and be one of the best overall well-rounded tight ends in the league. That's all true, but I think what makes Pitts special is he's just such a unique and dominant receiver, and he's not a great blocker, and that's that's the difference here, right? Is Hawkinson got drafted high because he is a well-rounded tight end. Pitts is getting drafted high because he can make plays uh, when the ball is in his hand. So uh, I like Hawkinson, but I don't love I don't love the fit. I don't love I don't love that team. I don't love the quarterback he's paired with. I don't love the scheme they run. I just think he's a much better real life player than a dynasty player. And I think there's even a chance that Hawkinson ends up being the better overall player in the NFL versus Kyle Pitts, but Pitts ends up being the far better dynasty asset. See, when I'm looking at the upside for both, and I think that TJ Hawkinson, he's definitely one of those guys that, like you said, he could be maybe a better real life tight end than he is for fantasy football purposes, at least. But he was the tight end four in the 2020 season. So we know his ceiling's pretty darn high. Maybe maybe that pit ceiling is a little bit higher. 
But what I want to leave our listeners with, and I want to hear about this on our our Twitter at Locked On Dynasty, is what's the point? What's the tipping point where you say the the difference between Kyle Pitts and T.J. Hawkinson is, uh, you know that that gap between them is a good question. not yeah. as significant. Uh, you know when you're looking at what kind of assets you could get T.J. Hawkinson plus a first round pick. Uh, for Kyle Pitts, that that could be a game changer for your roster. So I sort of want I want to hear from our listeners, where do you set the bar? And, you know, at what point does that difference sort of become more negligible? Uh, well, can I also can I ask, ask this, Kate? I think I, I'm actually more interested in I mean, that's a good one. But what about Darren Waller? Like Waller's older. Waller's 28. But I, I'm not trading Kyle Pitts unless I get Darren Waller plus or Darren Waller plus X. What is X? I want the listeners to let us know. Uh, I think that should be maybe right around a first-round pick. I think that's yeah, fair. And that's when it, that's when it gets interesting, right? Because then you're taking a guy that's already in a great offense that has back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. That's when I start thinking, okay, it's maybe worth it if I'm in a win-now mode because Pitts might not produce at that level right away. But that's that's what I'm interested in. All right, everybody, let us know at Locked On Dynasty. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your fantasy football podcasts. Never miss a show, and be sure to leave us those five-star reviews. As always, I am your host, Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Be sure to give my co-host, Marcus Mosier, a follow on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And like I said, reach out. We want to hear what your thoughts are on Kyle Pitts. Is he getting to the point where he is overrated? We want to, we want to hear more, even if that is a spicy take. Be sure to tune in tomorrow and Wednesday. Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell will be back, and we will see you on Thursday.